Alrighty, hello everybody and welcome back to the 12th episode of Spiked, the OTL football podcast. My name is Robert Vona, of course, and I am always joined by my wonderful co-host, Mr. Jack Brittle. Jack, how are you doing on this fine Wednesday afternoon? You know, Rob, I guess you could say I'm just, I'm doing hunky-dory. Everything's uh, hunky-dory. all hunky-dory, yep. <laughs> what, what, what does that mean, hunky-dory? What does it mean? Enlighten, well, me, enlighten me in the... You know, if you want a, a definition, I guess you could say it's, uh, I don't know, it's just, uh, it's, I'm, it's fine going well. Listening, if you could overhear the laughter in the background, uh, we're joined by two special guests today, Nathan Kennedy and Daniel Federico. Boys, how What's is up, it fellas? going? We're going good. Everybody's yeah, pumped. I'm sure some of us are pumped. Yeah, I'm sure Fed's feeling. I think Fed is more great, pumped right? than yeah, more, all some three of us, of us put together. Yeah. Than a lot of us. Yeah. I'm so fired up. <laughs> like, oh my. And the Cowboys are five and one. Like, life is great right now. Yeah. You know, coming off of week six, uh, we are a third of the way through the NFL season. And I think, you know what? Let's just jump right into it. Usually, uh, our segment is me and Jack. Uh, talk about our favorite teams and just kind of how they're doing honestly fed fire away how you feeling about them cowboys through six oh weeks? my i'm loving it i'm loving it amari cooper baby he's playing decent cd lamb he's the truth you know zeke's oh zeke and pollard the two running back set oh i love it i love it i love i love what the team can do and dan quinn at defensive coordinator is incredible and then Dak Prescott, he's winning comeback player of the year, by the way, because he's an absolute stud. Like, oh, I'm just loving the Cowboys, how they're playing. Like, what I, what I saw, I was like, you know what? They're playing pretty decent against the Bucs in week one. And I was like, okay, okay, maybe we could have a season. And then, you know, last week's game against the Patriots, oh, my God. The, the defensive penalties, like, hold, uh, no, like the offensive line penalties holding and stuff like that. I was like, geez, man. Like, 115 yards of penalties? Like, hello. Wake up. And then they woke up in overtime and CD lambs the truth, baby. All right, Jack, let me know how depressed are you? I don't, I don't even know what to say to follow. I mean, I'm just, you know, if you've listened to the previous podcast we've done, we've, we've given the Cowboys a lot of credit because, you know, and we both kind of said this, this could be, you know, their kind of their year, you know, after having a lot of disappointing uh, seasons, you know, in, in the years past. And, um, yeah, I mean, you know, just, just talking about the game, uh, the game last week, I I thought it was the game of the week, even though, you know, uh, the outcome was not what I had, uh, hoped, but, um, it was, it was still a very entertaining game to watch. And, um, I mean, my takeaways from it as a Patriots fan would be, I think Mac Jones is just still getting better with every game that he plays. Um, you know, he, he, he burned uh Trayvon Diggs on that uh, 75 yard touchdown country right born right after the pick six. I understand. I, you know, and Trey, you know, Trayvon's the real deal, but um, <laughs> you know, it was uh yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I think I'm just really impressed with Mac Jones. Um, there was a lot of penalties on, on the, on the Patriots too. I remember, um, so, you know, that that's and that's something I mentioned last week, too, that they really need to work on just being a lot more disciplined. And because, you know, it's, it's just not something you're used to seeing from from a Patriots team, um, you know, coached by Belichick in the past. Um, but what I'm what I'm really frustrated with overall 
and I've seen a lot of other people talk about this. I actually posted a video of, uh, of Mina Kimes talking about this on my Instagram story um, about, I just think that the play calling is way too conservative with Mac Jones. I mean, even in overtime when it was like, I think it was like fourth and three or something. And I get it. It's like, they're on, they're on their side of the field. You know, you, you, you're trying, you want to play it safe, but it's like, you're facing the Cowboys, man. Like you can't got to go for it. Yeah. Like you punt the ball away, you know, they're going to score. Like, it's just like when, when they, when they, you know, when they flip the coin at the beginning of overtime and and we got the ball, I'm like, okay, we need to, we need to somehow do something with this drive. Like, and so I, I really just think, you know, punting the ball away is the wrong choice. And just overall, I think, you know, I, I'm seeing some people uh, on Twitter, uh, you know, to use the, the, the Russell Wilson thing, let Mac cook, man. Like let this guy, let this guy, like when he, when, when Josh McDaniels let him, lets him, you know, do what he wants and, and, and throw the ball. Um, he's, he's been really good. So I just don't get why they're kind of trying to keep him on this, on this leash. Um, so yeah, that, that's the, the kind of takeaways for me. We need to clean up the penalties and um, just, just let Mac do what he do what he does best, man. Two very opposite sides of the spectrum there. Yeah. <laughs> Nate, fill us in. Well, <clears throat> to say it's been a tale of two halves is a bit of an understatement. Um, Panthers started off as one of the more surprising undefeated teams in the NFL, 3-0. and uh, Ran into a bus of an offense that is the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, <laughs> Ed, I can feel your impending smile on my forehead right now. So <laughs> I don't know. That was a bit of a reality check. Um, we saw Darnold kind of go against everything he'd been building um, a few weeks prior. I mean, aside, he's been one of the more underrated rushing quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, was leading rushing uh, touchdowns for a little bit there. I don't know if he still is. Um, just saw some poor decision-making at times. I mean, the one contested ball to Diggs wasn't great. Um, I will say all credit to Diggs. He's been an absolute ball hawk this season. Um, I heard someone say he was the Jameis Winston of defense. Um, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how accurate that statement runs. I mean, it's not, not every day you see a guy with as many picks as he has, uh, this early in the season, you've got to give credit. Um, but the Panthers still have a lot of work to do, man. I mean, McCaffrey being out hasn't been great. Um, I mean, lacking DB position, uh, being, I guess, reinforced now by Gilmore coming back this week, wearing number nine, which looks unreal on him, by the way, in training camp. Sorry, Jack. Um, (laughs) the hits keep coming, man. (laughs) What's next? Um, I mean, McCaffrey on the IR for a few more weeks isn't great. Um, as I said, I've, I've started to see a lot of holes on this team develop as losses have started to pile in. Um, play calling at times has been a bit suspect. I don't know about some of the situational plays that have been called down in games uh, in the middle of the game as, as to kind of play a bit more passive and not attack. Um, Darnold's had a bit of negative regression in my eyes over the last few weeks. He seems a bit tentative to make open throws and he's kind of overextending plays and taking away open opportunities, if that makes sense. Um, Chubb has been a big lift uh, to the team since he's come on. Since McCaffrey's been down, he's one of my favorite young running backs in the league. And shout he's out Canadian. Canadian. Yeah, shout out the Canadian as well. Um, and I mean, besides that, uh, DJ Moore has been unbelievable this season. I love the way he's been playing. Robbie Anderson's been really disappointing, especially considering he just earned himself that contract extension, has been asking for more touches, and then he drops three balls in back-to-back possessions. So it's pretty hard to kind of justify that. But, um, I mean, I was talking about it before we started recording. I mean, you lose two games to 
the Eagles, where you were up, you lose a game against the Vikings, which is also a very good winnable game that turns it into a five and one record. You're competing for the division against one of the best teams in football. I mean, it's, it's pretty hard to be optimistic when you lose two very winnable games this early when the back half of their schedule isn't really the easiest. Um, but I think this upcoming week against the Giants has to be a statement game for Darnold. He has to go out there and absolutely dog that defense. Um, and aside from that, I mean, Robbie's got to, Robbie's got to play a lot better. Um, as I said, we're getting Gilmore hopefully this week. Uh, it hasn't been announced that he's back. Uh, CJ Henderson should be back. This will be basically his first well-rested game with them, aside from coming in midweek and then having to immediately start. Um, and besides that, we've been working on a lot of players who we really haven't needed. I mean, the, really, the only issue on this team has been the O-line, and we've refused to really work out or even attempt to sign some veteran O-linemen. So that's that's the biggest issue for the team going forward for me. But um, game against the Giants has to be a statement game. We've got to get back in the win column after sliding uh, three in a row. That should be an easy win for them. Should be. Emphasis on should. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, the Steelers managed to climb back to 500 after, I guess, a, a big win, I guess, against Geno Smith and uh, the Seattle Seahawks. But, uh, you know, I'm not completely sold on the Steelers. Um, I mean, I think they beat pre- two pretty mediocre teams in the past two weeks in Denver. And, I mean, Seattle without Russell Wilson is – an absolute mess. Um, and I want to shout out Jamal Adams for saying that he's the best in the nation and then forgetting to catch the ball. That was brutal. <laughs> Sorry to interject. Yeah. That, that was brutal. Oh, yeah, I'm so, the best in the nation. Yeah. So, Jamal Adams, if you're listening to this, uh, you suck and go Steelers go. Bury him. Bury him, Rob. Bury him. Bury him. On the other side. The truth. On the other side of the field, TJ Watt is the best defensive player in the league. He played fantastic. I think he had like seven tackles, a forced fumble, and a sack. He came through in the clutch in overtime in the fourth quarter for the Steelers. So, you know, he's been he's been more than anyone can ask. Um, you know, they're back. Like I said, they're back at five hundred. They got a bye week next week, which is good to see because a it gives Harris a rest because he's been taking more snaps than I think everybody else in the league combined. Uh, um, you know, Ben's got a week off, so he's able to, I guess, get get, get healthier than what he's at right now because he definitely doesn't seem to be 100%. But then again, when is Ben 100%? So, yeah, I mean, I, I still think there's a lot of work to do. Um, just the offense itself, like it's the same story every week. They're just, I don't know, they, they take these deep shots, but then it's an overthrow by 10 yards. It's an underthrow by 10 yards. So it's like, it's hard to get anything going when when you keep trying and it just doesn't seem to break through. Um, hey man, but, Big Ben is just washed now. Oh, he is. He's oh, okay. most definitely washed. <laughs> Fed's coming for everybody right I now. Was, yeah. <laughs> God, no one is safe. The guy gets no guy gets safe. the fourth mic on the podcast and thinks, I know. <laughs> thinks he's uh, big shot. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah. As for the quarterback situation, um, I do think that some I've said it a, a bunch previously i do think it's something they need to address in the draft but i'll talk about that as we inch close to the draft uh in terms of their schedule after the bye you know they're yet to play cleveland they're yet to play baltimore i think they still got kansas city in them so there's still a lot of work that needs to be done and i just think that these past two games have been a little bit of um false advertisement in terms of what the steelers are all about because like i said i don't think the competition was the best but not trying to root against my own team, just saying it how it is. Um, but yeah, moving on, I wanted to talk about this. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, Urban Meyer get their first win in the NFL, and the Jacksonville Jaguars 
get in the win column for the first time in in eternity. In London, England. In London, England. <laughs> Not even in the States. Yeah. One game. Uh, shout out Miami. Losing five in a row. Definitely stings. Um, they, they, I know... might get, they might get Deshaun Watson I saw today. I'm going to be yeah. honest, man. I'm not sold on Tua. I'm not going to. I'm not. I've been saying, saying this for time, saying. man. I, I've been. Hey, it, it would be one thing if he had pocket presence. He doesn't mm-hmm. feel pressure. He had, where did his throwing velocity go? I swear he threw uh, harder in his freshman year of college than he does now. There's no zip. There's no zip on the ball. There's hang time. It looks like can't, it looks like Peyton Manning's old Denver days. Like when you're throwing ducks and like Emmanuel Sanders was getting under him and Demarius Thomas was end up getting him. I, I don't know, man, I'm not sold. And like, I want to be sold on Tua because I really like his game. And it's not, not too often that you see a lefty come in and make an impact. i.e. Michael Vick, but Tua, considering how high he went and how much hype was around him going in, into the draft, after the draft, in the preseason, I just, I don't know, man, I'm not sold. And I don't want to be a hater because I know he still has time, but I just, I haven't seen enough to justify how much faith they're putting in him. Have you seen how many people at the time were like, yeah, Tua is going to be so much better than Justin Herbert? That's like, mm. <laughs> yeah, I really, I really oh, like Justin Herbert. Herbert. Justin oh, Herbert's a stud. That yeah, whole Chargers team. We're gonna we're gonna talk about the Chargers in a bit, but um, I yeah, say. I mean, I've you know I watched I didn't get to watch this game live because I'm not trying to wake up at nine thirty on a Sunday more uh, morning, <laughs> but you know I watched the highlights of it and um, I mean I I thought Tua actually played okay, but you know you are playing against the Jacksonville Jaguars, I think easily <laughs> the worst team in the NFL, so I'm not gonna give him that much credit for you know playing good against them, but. I thought Trevor Lawrence made some good plays late in the game. Um, you know, and obviously I think he's still, he's going to have a great career. I think it's just, you know, they're, they're in the middle of a, they're at the very start of a, of a rebuild in Jacksonville. So it's, it's pretty tough sledding for them. Um, but, you know, I think it's good. It's, it's nice that he got his first win, but I think that, uh, I, I don't know. I, I was just thinking about like the, the two games that were in uh, the UK this year, were both like the worst possible matchups they could Facts. possibly. It's like they sat down at a table and were like, okay, what are the four worst teams we can get to like, it's like Jets, Falcons, you know, uh, Dolphins and Jaguars. Like what the fuck? Like what were they thinking, man? Uh, I think it was, I think it was because any, any self-respecting owner isn't going to fly out their players yeah. in the morning to go play football. You know, Jerry, you know, Jerry, Jerry world Jones, isn't going to do that. You know, the Cowboys play at home. <laughs> way better no play at AT&T Stadium way better than playing at London, England although I'll say this because they were playing in, at um, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium which is the uh, awesome. the home of, of my uh, you know Premier League club and it's a, it's a beautiful stadium like they have it a retractable a um, like, like a retractable pitch that has like you know artificial turf and yeah it's pretty sick it is pretty sick but how, how the Spurs dust <laughs> what's that? The Spurs, not good. Not a good team, eh? Uh, I don't know, buddy. They're fifth in the Premier League table right now, buddy. So, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't go talking too bad on the Spurs. I, I like the Spurs a lot. I mean, I know, we're not gonna I go know you're a little bit. Yeah. the uh, European football, but I'm a yeah. United fan, and I don't want to stick my boots somewhere where it doesn't belong. <laughs> but, I mean, CR7 has been playing well. He's been fairly in form, so I can't he complain. It's, great it's been really refreshing to watch. I hadn't actually watched professional soccer in a really long time i used to follow like crazy when i was like 
when I was playing rough soccer when I was younger, but it's, it's nice to give me a reason to get back into it. I mean, the best player in the world, I mean, being in your club, I mean, has a lot to do with it, but it's been a lot of fun getting back into it. <laughs> Facts. Yeah. Yeah. We cover all kinds of football on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> that, we, need, we need a tangent episode, European yeah, edition. Just, just everything, yeah. every type of football. Uh, b- bouncing off of our conversation about Tua and briefly Justin Herbert. Um, I wanted to talk about Mahomes and, kind of just the chiefs in general, because, um, you know, they've been kind of up and down this year as has Mahomes been. And there's this whole fiasco going on with, uh, his brother and his wife and his mom. Oh my God. Like, I don't oh know what's God. going on. Family. What talk about first. Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah, really? Yeah. There's a lot, there's yeah, a should lot we talk to... with the tics, TikTok star or what? Okay. <laughs> listen, if you're not only going to be in someone else's stadium doing TikTok dances on the field, have some situational fucking awareness. It's the day of one of the greatest Washington football team players of all time playing. And you're going to dance of all, let alone dance at, at a cell, basically a celebration tribute game. You're going to dance on the only roped off spot on the entire field. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, what are you? So dumb. Like, so dumb. And I just, oh my God, there's no way to justify it. And then Mahomes' wife getting on Twitter, talking, oh my God, the, where, the refs are never going our way. Oh my God. I have never wanted to break someone's phone through a screen so bad. You know what? I'm not even, I'm not even pissed about her because whatever, like she's just defending her husband, like, you know, but, but, but his brother, what his brother did was just like, oh my God. I don't I even. Hate his brother so much. I hate him so much. Like, why is. Patrick letting this guy go to his game still. Like, because of how popular the Mahomes name is, he automatically gets a platform. And that's oh, the, yeah. it annoys me. Yeah. But it, yeah, it's just so inexcusable. Like it's so beyond a respect thing. It's just like, are you not are you not an operable human at that point to have <laughs> any form of frontal lobe? Like, you know, you know that thing in your brain that stops you from making decisions? Like that's completely just out of the picture. Like it's just, it's gel. Like, it's just a big green jello blob sitting in the back of his cranium. I just, I don't know, man. I, I hate it. I hate every part of it. I would Pretty blow this up for 18 weeks if I could. I could. I would air this out for 18 weeks. It's too bad that the NFL has new news every week because I would be more than willing to bash on it. <laughs> I hate Jackson Holmes too, man. He's, he's just, like, he's a TikTok star. He does dumb dances and he thinks he's sick. Like, come on, bud. Like, he probably doesn't even know who Sean Taylor is. Like, come on, man. Like, we get it. Your brother's Patrick Mahomes, the, the star, you know, the, the, uh, one of the best in the world. If I'm Patrick Mahomes, like, I'm I'm stopping inviting this guy to the games. Like, I'm not inviting this guy yeah. to home games or road games anymore. I mean, he's like, just embarrassing. Yeah, like, did you see what he did after that one week? He started throwing water and stuff, like, on, uh, I think. Oh, yeah. Fans. Yeah, because they were charging. Like, yeah. Yeah, I was like, buddy, are you that soft? Like, maybe tell your brother to play better or something. Like, come on. <laughs> Give him a pep talk on the couch. Like, yeah, yeah, come on. Like, Patrick Mahomes is my fantasy quarterback right now, and like, I hate seeing this guy throw picks. Like, come on, pick it up. I drafted you in the fourth round. I, it, he went down. Like, it, it was. I'm, I'm stunned he went to the fourth round, but come on, man. Um, I mean, I didn't want to – I didn't know if one of you guys wanted to pick it up first, but, I mean, segueing off of the – uh, field dancing, tribute smashing Mahomes. I would like to maybe go on to the quarterback. Um, oh, yeah, that guy too. Yeah, yeah, yeah that guy. <laughs> yeah, um, man. The other Mahomes. Sorry, I get the phone call. Uh, All right, no um, worries. So 
I I am all for, I'm I'm like I mean much like everyone who watches football I'm completely bought into Patrick Mahomes. He's one of the most unique talents the league has seen in I don't know how long. One of the most unique and gifted throwing arms ever. Makes every angle work is intangibly great. When you start jeopardizing your team's success off of improvising plays and kind of acting on your own accord and I understand play extension to a point, but there have been times in the season that all of us have seen where he's making extremely risky throws out of sacks and basically just dumping it to defensive players' hands. And at yeah. some point, it's going to come back to bite them. Like, there's a reason they're three and three right now. Like, they should be they should be a lot better than their record indicates. But again, I, th- they- I think they should be like six and oh right now. But Patrick Mahomes just really put them down and their defense hasn't been playing good. Like, yeah, you know they're, you- they're, their defense is kind of atrocious too. Yeah. Like, like, like what happened? Like, two years ago, they're probably arguably the best defense in the league and right now they're not playing that good at least at least their front seven's always been good they have had problems at times with their dbs but i mean even then you have enough talent like guys like legerius need and other guys complimenting them like you have enough talent they're just not playing well yeah and i mean i think you know it's almost i don't want to say he's regressing but i, I he's i i really, we haven't really seen this from mahomes where this it's this kind of poor decision making and you know stuff like that and it's just it just seems odd to me because he's always, that's always been a, a key part of his game that he, you know, he doesn't make those kind of mistakes, but I think now you're just seeing him, you know, force the ball down the field too much and ultimately, you know, giving it to the other team. And, and that's, that's, I think one of the things that's really hurting them. I think this is going to be a learning year for Patrick Mahomes. Like, you know, how every good quarterback always has a learning year. Yeah, like you've seen every every single star quarterback in the league have a bad year, at least one bad year, like one bad season. I think this is going to be Patrick Mahomes. Like he's still putting up numbers and stuff like that, but I think next year you could see him back to his old self. There's a there's a saying by uh, Emperor Rapplord Future that is uh, <laughs> expletive don't get too comfortable, and I think Patty Mahomes has gotten a little bit comfortable and a tad complacent that he's been able to do pretty much whatever he wants on the field and get away with it for these past two or three seasons. So he's just going to keep acting on his own accord and keep making every single throw in the playbook on the planet. But I think as we've talked about, and as we've alluded to, I think it's starting to kind of bite him in the butt here. I think he's, it's the kind of thing where it's, it's a subconscious thing, like the kind of hero ball mentality that he kind of needs to put aside for team success. But will he be able to do that quick enough to be able to start stockpiling wins in now what's become a very competitive division with how well the Chargers have been playing shout out Justin Herbert but it's kind of lighting a fire under his ass like is he going to end up kind of turning this around quickly or is this going to keep nagging at him I mean yeah we were talking about this last week too and you know basically saying like how many more games can they really afford to lose because you're playing in the same division as the Chargers as the Raiders and you know I know they're they're only you know it's still pretty early in the season but I mean, when it gets down to it, like how many, how many losses are going to get you out of the playoffs? You know, like, can they afford to lose five games, six games? I don't really think so because you have two other teams in the, in the division that not only are you going to be playing against, but are, are also vying for those same playoff spots. And right now are playing at a much, you know, higher level than you are um, and not making those same kind of mistakes. So, you know, I don't think it's, I don't think it's panic time and especially because, you know, they did get the win against Washington this week, but I think they really need to make some big changes, you know, going forward because I think they still have some pretty big, you know, games that left on their schedule. Um, And 
it's it you know making those kind of mistakes is just not going to cut it against the 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 bigger teams exactly yeah you're right i do want to i do want to make a point i know mahomes isn't playing that great and everything but up until this game against washington in the previous five games kansas city's defense gave up at least 30 points in every yep. single game yeah, yeah. They've, they've been bad this year they've been yeah like, like i'm not, i'm actually stunned about this like they were great two years ago they had a i want to say that a mediocre season last year but I, I something just make me feel about that super bowl loss and like they're all their heads are just not on straight uh because yep. they got blown out in the super bowl they and got exposed they, yeah they got exposed and i think all the teams took notice of that yep well moving on from one so-so quarterback to another quarterback that's been sparking up some mvp conversation uh lamar jackson and the ravens oh i love absolutely annihilate Justin Herbert and the Los Angeles Chargers. What do you boys think? Um, for those Lamar Jackson doubters out there, is he still just a running back? Mm. <laughs> I, I, would love to, I would love to hear it. I would love to see those same fans come out of the woodwork and say he's just a running back. Um, I will say this isn't, this isn't the best performance from Lamar that we've seen of recent weeks, um, but this is a big statement game regardless. I mean, putting up, basically what a 28 spot against one of the hottest teams in the NFL. I mean, that holds a lot of weight and considering the ball was spread between three running backs and taken out of his hands quite a bit. I mean, I think they had what 40 carries from running backs or something around there. Um, It was, it was a big day for Lamar as much as the ball was taken out of his hands. He did make a few bad decisions. I mean, two picks on the card isn't great, Um, but he has been playing some great football lately and is definitely very, very, uh, justifiably at near the top of the MVP conversation in my mind. Um, especially last week, like not even the Chargers game, but I mean, the week that he had throwing the ball last week, I mean, what, he only had three or four incompletions, I think, and threw for four touchdowns. Like Lamar has been on a legitimate tear lately. And I mean, of all the times to get hot, I mean, Baker Mayfield going down in the division two, like wide, wide open right now. And I mean, he's kind of taking the bull by the horns. I mean, there's a lot to do. Like Baltimore's defense has been playing unbelievable as well one of the best in the NFL, but at the same time, you need two sides of the ball to win games. And I mean, Lamar's giving you everything he possibly can. So I, I love, I love what's going on right now. And I want, I love, I'm not even a Ravens fan or a Lamar fan. I just love to hear them chirping him. You see, he's going to prove him wrong almost every week. I hate, hate the Ravens, but I love Lamar Jackson. I love what he's doing. This guy's the future. He, he's, he's legit Michael Vick part two. And I love it. Like, he could win the game, uh, throwing the ball or running the ball. He's an absolute stud. And w- the coaching staff the Ravens have, the play calling, like sometimes people will be like, yo, why are you doing that? But most of the time they're like, yeah, just put the ball in Lamar Jackson's hand and see what he can do. And I think that he, right now he's my favorite for winning MVP again. But that's a little too early to tell. But it's always good to have an early prediction. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it's really just been unbelievable what we've seen from him so far. And I think that, you know, the question that a lot of people have always had is like, we know he can run the football, but can he be a good pocket passer? And I think a lot of people seem to forget that, you know, he had, he won uh, MVP a couple of years ago and, and he had like, I think he was like number one in QBR in 2019. Um, he had a, you know, let me, I don't have the numbers pulled up here, but he had a bunch of TD passes that year. Um, you know, so, I mean, 
I think he's he's showed that he can you know he can do both um, in seasons past, and I think that that's what you're seeing this year too. I mean, it, you know, it, like you guys said, it's just been really really impressive. Yeah, and I want to reiterate uh, getting hot at the right time because obviously, you know, Cleveland is kind of like an ICU right now. Everybody's hurt. Um, the Bengals are the Bengals, and the Steelers are the Steelers. Uh, these upcoming weeks for the Ravens, they got. They're at home against Cincinnati. Then they're on the bye week. They take on Minnesota, Miami, and Chicago. I think those are four extremely winnable games for Baltimore. 100%. If they're going to win the division, which they probably are, uh, these four games here are really going to set them apart from everybody else should they should everything go to plan, I think, to most people thinking that they're going to go 4-0 in this next stretch. So, you know, to really cement them as AFC North champions at the end of the year. I think this is a big stretch for them. They really got to take advantage of what's what's in front of them. Yeah, agreed. Um, yeah, so um, the next thing I wanted to kind of touch on was um, the only undefeated team left in the NFL, which is the Arizona Cardinals, 6-0. and I love them. I love them. I love them. Oh, my. K1, Kyler Murray, hello. Like, by oh my god, Sooners legend. You want to talk about MVP front runners? I think this is the A1 front runner right now. Yeah, 100%. Oh my, I'm actually so glad that the Cardinals finally have a good team since like the last time they were what in the Super Bowl. Is that like Mm. the last time they had a good team? Mm. Yeah, yeah, you could say that. But I like it's they've had pieces, they haven't had a full team since then. I would agree. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Added JJ Watt on the defense. Like their defense, I oh my god, it's unreal. Like they're definitely gonna lose. Like maybe like I say max three games this year, and that's it. That's what I'm thinking. That's not a bad ballpark. I'd say between three and five. Yeah, hundred percent. And K one and D Hop, but they have a great connection. They just showed a little bit last year, and then now. This year, you have a full season with them. And... I mean, not to mention the supporting cast, too. Like, guys like Christian Kirk, they just picked up Zach Ertz, too. He was the really only – Oh, Zach Ertz. Really he... on that offense. Like, Ertz is a stud. He doesn't drop a ball. And then you look at the backfield, they still have Edmonds. Like, Edmonds is still a freight train. They're O-line. Yeah, Chase Edmonds. He's a beast. Their front seven is unreal. Isaiah Simmons is a stud. Like, there's no – there's really – aside from maybe some DB depth and maybe one more linebacker, like, there's really no holes on the team. I got a question ah, for a you, Fed. Team. Yo. Are, are they are they going to beat your Cowboys this year? Because they're playing 100%. them in. Oh, they 100%, are okay. Hundred percent. Hot take. Hot take. Hot take. The stove is. I'm turning it up a little bit. The Cowboys will not lose a game at home this year. Hot take. The stove is just undefeated in Jerry World. They're not losing at AT and T Stadium. Mark my words. Is the, is the, I'm down. I'm no, down yeah. for that hot take. I'm down for it. Extremely hot take. Is I'm that, rolling with it. Is that really that unrealistic, though? For the sake like, of this podcast, yes. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. Outside of this. Because I could honestly four, buy, I would buy four, that. No. To be honest, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't hesitate. Well, I would hesitate a little on buying that. But I do think objectively, correct me if I'm wrong, I think they have one of the better home records over like the last Oh, five yeah. Years, yeah, they, they do. Yeah. If I, I should have said that at the beginning of the year. That would have been a hot take. That would have been, been, yeah. been searing. Like, that would have been straight off the sun. <laughs> that would have been, like, you would have been like Nostradamus, Rob, like, <laughs> oh, the yeah. predictions. Oh, yeah. But, yes, I don't want to take away from the Cardinals here. Um, <laughs> yeah, the Cardinals, they're looking the Cardinals are looking like the most complete team through six weeks. Yeah. Uh, for sure. 
So I'm just looking ahead at the schedule here. Uh, next week they're at Houston. Or they're hosting Houston. Big Easy win. win. Easy win. Then they're hosting Green Bay Sunday night football. They got San Francisco Ooh. left. They got to play Seattle twice. How long do you guys think you can stay undefeated for? Oh, till week eight when Rogers goes in the building. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. Like, I'm gonna be honest. I I don't even I don't even want to like be a better against the Cardinals. But I mean, that's just built for Rogers, man. Like this guy, yep. this guy is a king slumper. He's been doing it his yep. entire career. He lives yep. for the big moment. Rogers, aside from okay, people, a lot of people, much like a lot of other quarterbacks, like in the league, were written off very early off of his week one. And like, if Rogers is gonna do Rogers, like you know he's gonna come out and play. And Rogers has proved he's just as good this season as he was last. Um, I think this is just this is it's going to be a tight game. Don't get me wrong; like the Cardinals are still going to score, but I think this is kind of the opportunity that's poised for kind of a guy like Rogers to go in the building and be like, "Hey, you know what? I'm still here. I'm going to knock you down a bit." And to be honest, for the Cardinals, I think it's very beneficial if they lose to a team in the first half of the season. I think it gives them a lot more time to kind of work on what they have to and kind of polish things up before more important games down the stretch the conference ceiling games, home field advantage games, stuff like that. And I think to lose early to a team like the Packers, a very respectable team, I mean, uh, coerced by a Hall of Fame quarterback. I mean, anyone on the planet would say it, but um, I think it's a lot more beneficial for them than if they waited. Well, not waited, if they happen to lose later in the season. And I mean, again, Rogers is just that dude. Like Rogers will beat good teams week in and week out if he can. And I think, I think week eight will be one of those weeks. Yeah, I 100%. think I- – I could see their three losses being against the Packers. Um, I think they're going to lose uh, the game against the Rams they have coming up, and their fi- probably their final game against the Seahawks. I think the, if I had to pick three games for them to lose, it'd probably be those three. That's a good pick. That is a good Stellar pick. pick. Stellar pick. Not as hot of a take, but. Hey, I know I'm thinking a lot ahead of time, but I can't wait to see the former CFL boy Chris Strebler take the field. And oh, buddy. Oh, oh, buddy. <laughs> Cannot That's wait to lovely. see that. Winnipeg legend. <laughs> oh, Remember this guy at the parade? He had like the fur coat on. Like <laughs> he was he was beyond drunk. I don't even know what oh. <laughs> he used. Oh, it was such a scene. I love it. He was so wasted. Oh my god. What yeah. a guy. He's going to turn it up with that offense, too. They're probably going to sit D-hop, so it's going to be a Christian Kirk and Earth, Earth show, and they're going to give him a bunch of QB powers and let him put his fucking forehead through somebody. <laughs> Cannot wait to see that. That is incredible. I love Chris Strebler. He's a beast. CFO legend, for sure. Yeah, yeah. not me. Who I don't know how we went to undefeated Cardinals to Chris Strebler talk, but I love it. I'm here for it. <laughs> I mean, kind of brought on by me, but uh, it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> not, not to take away from Chris, but um, I want to move on to something else. Um, yeah. This sure. is our last little recap from, from the previous week, and then we'll move ahead to next week and get into business talks as usual. Um, the Buffalo Bills lost to Tennessee 34 <laughs> <laughs> Uh What was looking like the best team in the NFL, offensively at least, uh, stifled by the Titans as they lost by three. And there was some controversy going on, saying that they should have went for it. They shouldn't have went for it for the field goal, that is. Um, what do you guys make of that? I don't get it. I just don't get why they went for it. Like, you just you just kick the field goal. You tie it up. Go to overtime. 
I think they just got too greedy, man. I mean, I understand what people are saying about how, like, you know, Josh Allen is probably one of the best at just, you know, barreling through that offensive line and getting, getting the yard. But I just think, I, I just think overall, it's just, it's just a too greedy of a, of a decision. I really think they just should have played for overtime and, uh, and did that, but you know what? I mean, hindsight's 2020, so you can look at it, you know, either way. Listen, don't, don't get me wrong. I, I'm very much in the boat that Josh Allen, I say, I would say at least eight times out of 10 makes that play. And the fact that yeah. he is why we're blowing this up. But in saying that you take your points, man. I mean, yep. you, it comes, you, I don't know. I feel like a broken record every time I say, it, but I mean, you just, you play smart against the highest competition in the, in the world at the sport that you're playing. I mean, you just, you take what you're given. You're given a three for three, as you said, you have the opportunity to earn it in overtime, either on defense or just take the bull by the horns and score first. Um, and really the Titans, the Titans really, like we saw it, like they were holding up well early, but their defense really started to come apart down the stretch. Like if they have a, if they have a drive in them in overtime, it's a, I don't want to say a guaranteed touchdown, but it looks like it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think a lot of it has to do with, I think it was a bit, I think it was a bit past the game, if I'm being honest. Like we saw what happened with John Harbaugh when he gave Lamar kind of the reins there. And he was like, you know what, you want to go? Like you want to go for it on four? He's like, yeah, they ended up getting it sealed in the game. I think that kind of, I think that kind of pushed maybe a little bit of a forced connection, I think, between the two of them. Like, oh, maybe we want to be on this kind of pedestal too, where it's like, I want to put Josh Allen in this kind of trust. It's like, because if he scores, I mean, it's, it's one of the best play calls they've had all season. But I mean, the fact that he didn't, again, is why we're blowing it up. But me personally, I'm taking those points. I'm taking what I'm given. I'm playing for overtime, like really 99% of people I think would. And I understand justifying hero ball to a point, but that's not the situation to do it. I think uh, they're going to have like, mom- I, what I think the reason why they went for it is because they had so much momentum in that drive. Because yeah. didn't they have a kick a kickoff return called back? Mm-hmm. Like that, that was that was a heartbreaker right there. I'm not going to lie. I hate the Bills, but I think. Like what Nate said, eight out of the ten times, Josh Allen would definitely get that. I'd make that fourth and one. And then they would definitely won the game. But still, get your free points. And they were definitely going to win that, no doubt, in overtime. It doesn't matter about uh, – they, they were definitely going to drive down that field and score a touchdown in overtime. They, there was like, – Titans defense, they were all burnt out. They're tired. They, there's no question about it. And I think you're playing in the NFL, you're playing in a – a decent division, I'd say, uh, as what we've seen in six weeks right now. Uh, but you need you, you need to uh, kick that field goal, and they were hundred percent, hundred percent gonna win it in overtime. But but they didn't. They didn't even go for it. I mean, they didn't even kick the field goal. Well, again, we'll never know. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jack. Yeah. No, I was just gonna. I mean, Nate brought up the 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 Baltimore thing, but to me, I think it's a completely different situation because remember who Baltimore was playing. They're playing the Chiefs, and it's like, you know, I think that – and also in that situation, it was like there was still lots of time left. If you would have given the ball back to Mahomes, he was going to score. Um, in this situation, if you don't get it, you know, the the, the, the game's over. And, and, you know, so, yeah, I don't know. I just – I don't know. I, I didn't get it. I didn't get the decision. Yeah, and I mean, not to mention, like, I mean, I did say it earlier, like, their defense did kind of start to unravel down the stretch in the second half, but not to mention, I mean, the Titans have been the poster boys for having uh, basically hospital carts of injury reserves over the last two or three weeks. Like, I think it was last week or the week before they had 
they had, I think it was like 18, 18 players and it was like 10 starters who were on the IR or on the, uh, on the mispractice list or anything like that. So, I mean, I talk about a winnable game. I mean, you play, you play this for overtime. I think regardless of what happens as fed said, like, I think even if they have to play defense first, I'm very confident they can stop Derrick Henry for one possession to get the ball back. And again, we'll never know because we never saw it. Um, but I mean, that, that, that just creates a whole, basically a whole new ball game starting from zero, zero. And it's just, I don't know. I think it's just a blown opportunity, especially for such a good team with the opportunity to go five and one. I think, I think it's way too much to put on a fourth and one, regardless of how hot you were at the time. Can we talk about uh, Derrick Henry, how dominant he has been this season so far? This guy's straight up the king. He's the king. Derrick I mean, what's, Henry. What's I, there I, even I, to say? I mean, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I, I know I'm wearing a Carolina Panthers jersey that the listeners at home will not be able to see. But I mean, <laughs> given the fact that McCaffrey's hurt and Henry's taken this entire league by storm over the last few years, I'm very comfortable saying Derrick Henry's the best running back in the NFL. I mean, 100%, 100%. I feel like it, it's gone without saying, or at least with very little argument over the last few years, the only one you could really throw in that conversation is McCaffrey. Again, shout out guys like Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, who also would have a nod at some point. In saying that, I personally have never watched a running back dominate other grown men the way that Derrick Henry just manhandles people. And it's, and it's also absurd to me at how he has the, I think it was what the fastest recorded uh, speed of a, of a running back over yeah. the last five. I think, I think it was like 24, 24 miles per hour, 20 in the twenties. Like, how, how is that possible? Like that, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like someone make that make sense. It, I, I don't know. He's just, he's a freak of nature, runs the ball like a grown man. And it's just, he makes other grown men look like kids. Yeah. And it's, it's insane to me. He just tosses people off of him like it's nothing. Like, it's like you're playing playing uh, kill the carrier with your kids in the backyard at, like, Thanksgiving dinner, and Derek Henry's just absolutely steamrolling through four- and five-year-olds out there. It's just – it's unbelievable to me. I mean, shout out my fancy team, too. Like, in three weeks, I'm going to have a combo of Derek Henry and CMC, so good luck. <laughs> you know, buzzsaw team awaits. Well, f- feeding off of Derek Henry, there's a couple things I wanted to bring up. One, uh, Derek Henry is currently averaging 130 rushing yards per game. Uh, Complete he, stud. Currently, he currently leads the league in rushing yards by over 200 or I think it's yeah 260 on the dot Jesus he is ahead of Nick Chubb who is in second so Henry's got 783 rushing yards up until this point which is absolutely <laughs> ridiculous um, well, go on. We, we talked about this before about how you know you know, there's always that discussion, like, are running backs as valuable in today's NFL and whatever? And, you know, a lot of people will tell you it's the most, uh, you know, y- you can just slot out running backs at, pos- at position, save for a few. And Derrick Henry is one of those those few that is a transformational um, running back that can totally just, you know, take over the game and and put the team on, on his back and uh, – you know, get results. And there, there's very few of those. Like you said, Christian McCaffrey's another one. Um, we've seen, you know, guys like that in the past. But, yeah, right now I would say Derrick Henry's number one for sure. Yeah, and the only the only kind of – I wouldn't even really call it a red flag with the Derrick Henry success because there's really no flag. I mean, historically, he's having one of the greatest stretches we have ever seen at the running back position, and that's inarguable. The only thing is, given down the stretch, let's say hypothetically for whatever reason, and I think they will inevitably make the playoffs in some fashion, let's say they make the playoffs. We saw how he's been game-planned against with good defenses and how he's been completely neutralized in the past. 
they're not giving Ryan Tannehill that many opportunities to throw the ball in the last few weeks. And considering the weapons they have, like the AJ Browns, Julio Jones, they have a lot of elite talent out there that a lot of the times they're really not facilitating to in terms of handing the ball to Derrick Henry and giving him three or four yard chunks, which again, it's going to give you touchdowns. But at some point, I don't want to say it's going to become like a Lamar Jackson situation where he gets figured out because I don't think there's really a chance that you stop Derrick Henry three straight times and prevent him from getting 10 yards down the stretch. I really don't think there is. It's a, it's a physical thing. Like you can't game plan somebody like that. It's just like, he'll just run past you. And it's, it's just, it's a freak thing because he turns, he turns what would be for most running backs in their size, speed and potential, and even just ability in general. He turns these little five yard runs or these little slip through contacts into 15, 20, even a huge chunk play going all the way down the field. And it just, it's so hard, as you said, to game plan against because it's the unexpected that you can't control. And it's, that's basically just what Derrick Henry is. He's a walking outlier. You don't see a guy who's built like that as big as he is run as fast as he does. And is as mobile and elusive as he is too. Like he's, he's surprised like, well, I don't want to say surprisingly shifty, but he's underratedly shifty considering his size. Like he's a complete package at running back. Like they're trying to implement him more into the past, which I love. If they start giving him five to 10, like catching looks out of the backfield of the game, it's going to get really scary down the stretch. Like it's going to get really bad for some teams. If he starts catching balls out of the backfield and turning him into 20 and 30 with one-on-one opportunities on corners, it's going to get really scary. Literally break somebody's face. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to Josh Norman, Josh Norman, and all of Josh Norman's kids. (laughs) For real. Uh, what I just wanted to say quickly, uh, going back to the Bills' decision to go for it, if I'm Sean McDermott, I'm going for this play seven days of the week. That may be another hot take. Name the game. This is this has been this has been the best, one of the best, no, the best offensive team in the NFL over the past four weeks. You got, like Fed said before, you got momentum going into the drive. This guy, these guys have had momentum for the past four weeks, like just absolutely steamrolling teams. You know, it did not matter how many points you were going to put up because they were going to double it, if that. Um, so I'm going for this play. And like we said, eight times out of 10, Josh Allen makes that play. With those odds, I'm, I'm, I'm rolling with it. So, you know, it's unfortunate for Buffalo's case that Tennessee had to stop him. But I don't hate the case. I don't hate the choice to go for it that much. It's, it's a lot easier to say now, oh, they should have taken their three points. But, you know, that's football. What are you going to do? Um, what are you going to do? Moving on to next week uh, for the Browns. Case Keenum's getting a start. Uh, Thursday night football. Thursday night football. I think they got the Broncos. Um, yep. Former team. So, what – I mean, Case – Baker Mayfield's not the only guy that's gone down for, for, for Cleveland, I think. Baker, Chubb, Hunt, OBJ, Jarvis Landry's been out. I think Is literally this just about OBJ's last year, do you guys think? In the With league? the Browns? Yeah, on the Browns. I thought you meant in the league. I was yeah, like, so did I. That would have been a hot I, take. Yeah. I, I think he does go somewhere else. I think I think he kind of starts and I don't wanna I don't wanna chalk it up to making things complicated within an organization. I think we see kind of an Antonio Brown arc. I don't think he takes a break from the league, but I do see him kind of being thrown a bunch of different ways and seeing how he adapts because we really haven't seen him in an offense where he hasn't really been the focal point. And aside, aside from moments on the Browns where he's been hurt and he's come back, attempted to kind of pick up touches again, I've never really seen him as a number two. 
And even if he were to go somewhere and compliment another really good receiver, like let's say he goes to the Saints, compliments a guy like Michael Thomas, that'd be an unbelievable tandem. And I think Odell gets a lot of touches, but does he become that number one? So I think he ends up going somewhere where he possibly becomes number two or maybe gets a fresh start somewhere unlikely. But I don't really – I don't see him going back to the Browns, no. I honestly think that you you see a situation where I think at times Baker is trying to almost feed Odell the ball too much sometimes. And honestly, I think sometimes you see where if Odell is out, I think their offense has almost looked better because I think that it's just – I almost think it's a mental thing where, you know, you have the superstar on your team and you want to try and feed him the ball. But, um, you know, the Browns have so many – offensive weapons i mean obviously at running back but even receiver um that i think i think they'll be okay but yeah for this upcoming uh week and and following weeks with all the injuries i mean they're 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 pretty they're pretty decimated so um i don't know i don't know what to say i mean i haven't i haven't seen case keenum play in a while so that'll be uh that'll be fun but well, Rob ushered in the first hot take of the uh, of the episode, but I'm going to usher in a second one. This one's straight off of Guy Fieri's forehead. Uh, <laughs> with, the floor, with the flame shirt on, he's got the sunglasses, riding, it, riding in the drop top. Got him on backwards. Case Keenum goes out at 8.20 p.m. tomorrow night. Mile high. Time Is it in Denver? Yeah. Or no, 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 sorry. I, I think it's in Cleveland. Yeah, oh, you're right. It's in Cleveland. In All Brown. Cleveland faithful. Dog pound and throw dog pound and throws for 300 yards and two touchdowns on route to a 10 point win over the Broncos. There. I said it. It's out there. Enjoy read it and weep. Put money down on case Keenum, baby. I'm very, as, as Jack said, I haven't seen case Keenum play ball in a very long time. I really, really like this game. I think this game has a chance to be a very much case Keenum moment and him kind of take the spotlight. And I would love every single second of it. Every <laughs> yes. single second of it. If Case Keenum goes out, goes for like 115 QBR, three bills of yards, two touchdowns, maybe a rushing touchdown. Maybe we see a Case Keenum QB power up. This oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Calm down, Nate. I would eat it up. Pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. They broke they break open off. every part of the playbook for Case Keenum. I would love it. It's going to be a Case Keenum heritage moment. It's going to be unbelievable. Basically, it's going to be... Yeah. It's going to be like, you know what? The, the, the last thing I remember with Case Keenum is the Minnesota Miracle. Yes, yeah. yes. That's one of the – that's one of, like, I think the best – That's a heritage moment. That is a that heritage is, moment. That's a Case Keenum heritage moment, yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is a certified Case Keenum classic. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm buying into that hot take about Keenum – um, taking down the Broncos, but watch Rob's gonna pick this game for for our survivor pool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yep. sold him. Him. puts up yeah. three hundred on your head. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've been I've been dishing out some hot takes for survivor pools lately, and like some of them I've been so wrong it's not even funny, and others <laughs> I've like barely escaped by. Like I, I said last week that I really thought the Broncos were gonna beat the Raiders, and they lost by ten. So <laughs> yeah, you you were gonna you were thinking about picking them, weren't you? I know I was, and then I changed my mind last, and I just went with the Colts last second because I was like, it's a lot safer, and it's yeah. the Colts. So I don't know how many more games they also, got in them. Not on the, that the uh, on the topic of the Raiders, really quick, I've quickly become a very big Derek Carr guy. Dang, I'm a huge dang. fan of Derek Carr. Yeah, I've yeah. I've. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I have a I have a buddy who's a huge Raiders fan. He's been trying to sell me on Derek Carr like forever. He's like, 
the rest of the team just sucks. Like he's a good quarterback, but like he's got <laughs> no one around him. And I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of been true, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, uh, I don't know. We, we, we talked about the whole thing with, you know, John Gruden last week, but I think the Raiders, I, you can almost see it. If you're the Raiders, you could look at it and say, you know what, like we, we can use this as a moment to like make us stronger. You know what I mean? And uh, I don't know. They went out and, and performed pretty well against the Broncos. So. And I mean, we look at, we look at the core of that team too, and I don't want to uh, get too far off, uh, off the segue, off the tangent here, but um, we look at the talent that he's got now. I mean, you got arguably one of the best young tight ends in the league and Darren Waller guys, an absolute physical specimen. And then you have Henry Ruggs, who's an absolute speedster, who the Raiders who love to draft that kind of uh, prototypical wide receiver, the huge fast guy. Um, and then Josh Jacobs coming out of the backfield. Like they have weapons now. Hunter and, Renfro. And Drake. Hunter, Hunter Renfro too. Yeah. And Kendrick, Kenny and Drake backing him up, but I, I like what's going on, uh, what's going on in Vegas right now. And I, I like Derek Carr. I like him just as much as a football player as I like him as a person. He's very, very humble. He's not too outspoken. He, he throws, he talks a little shit when he can. I mean, I've seen those clips going around those last few times. The, who, who was it that was talking about him? And he's like, uh, don't worry about it. Was that what? I forget who it was. He was oh, like, was it, don't remember. No, wasn't it Joey Bosa or something? Oh, it was Bosa. Yeah. Yeah. Bosa. yeah. Yeah, that was uh, yeah. I, I'm a fan of Carr, man. I, I like him a lot. I, I I wish him the best. I hope the Raiders go deep. Agreed. Um, is there any other games you want you guys wanted to touch on that are upcoming this week? Um, if the Panthers do not beat the bricks off the Giants, I really don't know what I can do. Like, <laughs> if they go, if they start three and zero with the best defense in the NFL, get buzzsawed rushing after becoming the best rush defense team in the NFL by the, by the Cowboys and then go on another three game slide. I, I don't know how I'm going to look in the mirror and call myself a fan. I, I'm, I, <laughs> like, well, the team has so much potential and it just, it pains me with how much potential they have. Yeah. The, the Patriots are playing the jets this week. So I already have them at three and four. So I'm not even like. Rinse that one, go on to next week. How you doing? Yeah. <laughs> what do you guys, do you guys believe in Zach Wilson? You guys think he's. The next one up. I like Zach Wilson. He's a I think he has potential, but he's just a bad situation. Yeah. Exactly. I think it's really hard to put a label on him. Um it is because of just how bad the Jets are. Like Like, I'm not gonna say he's a bust. No, no, I wouldn't say he's a bust either. It's way too early. Yeah. But it's just like you you look at like what he's given and like oh he's making you can say, Oh, he's making bad throws, he's making bad decisions. The guy's got a second and a half in the pocket before he's going to get And he's the rookie quarterback that's at Yeah. So it's just with what he's given, like, I don't think Jesus Christ himself could make that <laughs> offense work. So no. also, I'm gonna... real quick, now that we're on the young QB topic, I think it's got to be Trey Lance time. Yep. I think it's got to yep. be Trey Lance time. I like Jimmy G a lot. I think he's deserved the opportunity he's been given. I've been, I've been the last one on the boat of ushering him out. But Trey Lance will unlock a whole new part of that San Francisco offense, yeah. being able to wheel around and extend plays. Not to say you that he can't do it at times, but Trey Lance will just be able to do it exponentially, and it will benefit that offense a lot. That, mo- that mobile quarterback for the 49ers, like Trey Lance is, I think it will be like the last piece of the puzzle. They need a mobile quarterback. Jimmy G's not mobile. And you, you, you guys don't think it's too early? I – I think it's a bit premature given they've been kind of middling a little bit. I don't want them to wait until they start sliding though. 
because they do they do have benefit of having a pretty middle of the road pack or in terms of schedule in the, over the next four or five. Years. But I I mean I mean almost like waiting like a whole season, like to let him kind of learn like because I I just I don't know if like I think he has similar to Zach Wilson I think he has great potential I just don't know if he's ready to to have to you know lead an NFL team. I, I know what you mean thrusting him into the spotlight midseason. Like it's never it's never the thing you want to do is kind of throw him to the wolves and see if he survives or not. But I mean, if there's if there's any situation to do it, I'm not gonna say that the 49ers are comfortable enough with what they have around him that they can throw him out there and be like, okay, yeah, go throw for 200 with a touchdown and a pick and go win us a few games. Because I genuinely don't think, as you said, I don't think he's ready to do it. But I think given the right situation, I don't know exactly who they're playing over the next few weeks. If they happen to lose and then go into a week against a not so good team, I think we I think we give Trey Lance a shot. I think if we see anyone a lot with the likes of uh, the Jets, Jags, uh, Houston teams like that, I think you give them a shot. Because really, these what next two weeks, these next two weeks they got Indy Sunday Night Football. They're hosting them. Then they're traveling to Chicago. Then they're right back at it against Arizona and the Rams. But then they do play Jackson. Yeah, those, so. those are probably their two toughest games. Yeah, yeah. They they do have the Rams to, again to finish out the season. But I mean they 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 have the Texans, Falcons, um, Jaguars. Falcons. <laughs> oh, Man. that's how that's how you get out of the room. <laughs> no, you're saying it's out. Is that a guest appearance for oh. OTL's own Curtis Martin? Oh, <laughs> OTL's God. owner. Oh, my God. Wow. The boss man is here. How's it going, boys? Hey. How's it going, Spike listeners? <laughs> Spike Nation. Get it right. Stand up. This is a special cameo appearance. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> we had to dish out the big bucks to get Curtis on, but we made it happen yeah. for you. Yeah, guys, a couple, so. couple of Tim's Cardinals hockey packs. That, that's all it takes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, we, we took a big chunk out of the bonus. Yeah. <laughs> the the hat the hat money was quickly turned to Tim's money. <laughs> oh yeah. So um, the last thing that I want to talk to uh, talk about for this episode is always our final uh, topic that we touch on, and that's uh, me and Rob's uh, survivor pool. So. Um, we're still alive. Uh, I picked last we're week. Picked, yeah. Um, last week I picked the Packers. You picked the Colts. Um, what do you, what are you thinking about for this week? For reference, we have a doc shared here. Uh, ready? I'm just going to type it in because there's no thought needed. Mm. Yeah. The Pats. Yeah. I mean, any team that's that's facing the Jets, I mean, <laughs> I already I already picked yeah. them two weeks ago, so I can't I can't do that. But um, yeah, I think that's that's a pretty that's kind of a no brainer. Yeah. Uh, um, for me, I gotta let me take a look here. Hmm. I don't want to be that guy that's just like, oh, I take them because they're a bad team. Like, I'll offer some insight. Um. I do think that they played really good against Dallas last week, considering, you know, their team. Um, so I feel like that's going to give them some momentum going into, going into next week. So I'm rolling with the Pats. Have I have I taken the Cardinals before? No, I haven't. Okay, I'm gonna no, take the Cardinals. Haven't. Done. Yeah, like that. Again, it's similar to similar to the uh, 
the Jets, any team that plays the Texans, you know, it's just kind of it's a wash. And also they're undefeated, so double wash. Yeah. <laughs> Hot take the Arizona Cardinals yeah. will beat the Houston <laughs> Texans next week. Yeah. Book it. Book it. Extremely hot take. Yeah. Um, I don't want to interject. I think um I think Jack on the on the hype train that you had, I saw you hadn't picked the Rams yet. I think Rams over Detroit's kind of a lock too. Yeah, that would that would a lock. Yeah, I mean there's a couple of different directions I could go here, but um, you know, I don't know. I just feel like undefeated team best team in the basically to me it's like best team in the nfl versus basically the worst team in the nfl so hey dave davis mills does wonders with a football <laughs> yeah for the other team yeah <laughs> damn guy damn davis mills davis anyways mills. um <laughs> i think uh that's basically gonna cover everything that we wanted to talk about um from previous week of the nfl season and looking ahead to next week uh we'll leave it up to you guys nate and fed if there's anything you guys want to plug in whether you guys got your own thing going on you know four kicks podcast baby <laughs> four kicks podcast baby go listen to it where can we, where can we find it fed youtube anywhere you can get a podcast also okay four kings podcast there you go love it um I mean, same with me. Uh, Nolan and I run the other uh, OTL sanctioned podcast. We run the OTL layup line. Uh, just kicking it back up. Actually, today we released our first episode of the new season. Uh, did a little power ranking of, uh, of all the teams uh, throughout the preseason going into the first games this week, even though they uh, happened yesterday uh, during the time of recording. But besides that, go check it out. Subscribe to it. We rec- we're going to be recording a few times a week, hopefully throughout the entire season. So be sure to check that out. Find it on Ep- or, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor wherever you could find it. Um, and besides that, I'm going to hopefully be firing up the quiz now that all of the, uh, now that all the seasons are, um, all the sports are starting to kind of fire back into rotation. So we kind of did a little dry run. I alluded to it in a few old podcasts last year, as you guys have probably heard. Um, but hopefully you're going to have a solid, solid roster of guests. We're going to be recording once a week, pushing them out weekly. Uh, that'll be our first piece of video content on the site as well on our YouTube. What, what even uh, is a quiz? I heard you guys were talking about it like last like earlier in the summer or whatever. What yeah. is the quiz? Wait, is this guy new? <laughs> I, I am you brand new. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, basically, I did uh, so a little spinoff of uh, Shout Out Barstool Sports. They have, a, they have a sports quiz that they usually do. It's more like pop culture based as well. Um, but it's basically just a uh, multiple round like sport quiz. And like you, you go with a partner, a few abilities tossed in there. Uh, makes it pretty entertaining. Robin Jack were actually a team on it. One of the one of the powerhouse teams, I will say. Hopefully, they make <laughs> straight cash. Not homie. a big deal. Straight in, cash. Homie. The actual season that hopefully will be, uh, we'll start to push out now. I'm actually gonna start getting some numbers. Hopefully, we can get a little. I'd say hopefully it's eight or sixteen men, aka eighteen roster for this season. Um, and uh, yeah, besides that, I'm really excited to get started. Just need to anchor anchor down some uh, video editing people to get on my side as well. Get that uh, get that kicking. And besides that, um, yeah, subscribe to the OTL layup line and be ready for the quiz to come. All right. Well, yeah, that's, uh, I mean, for us, obviously subscribe to uh, Spike, the OTL football podcast. You can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts, um, subscribe, leave a, leave a review. Um, I'll leave all of our social links um, in the description. Make sure to follow uh, all the OTL sp- sports pages on Instagram, Twitter, to be notified when we post new articles, new podcasts, whatever. Um, and yeah, that, that, that should just about do it.
thanks everybody for listening and uh we'll see you next week